as much as we coaches want to control the situation and do everything in our power to help our girls succeed, there are some times when we have to realize it's not about us. Sometimes you have to let go a bit in order to let the team take the reins. And if you've done your job leading up to that point, it's most likely going to turn out even better than you could have ever imagined. That's what Alicia is talking about today and what you can experience once you have your culture blueprint in place. More on full on that at the end. So for now, let's hear how Madawan's season ended up. Let's do this. Get your head in the game, coach. You're about to get your audio dose of softball inspiration. I'm Melanie Rushing. And I'm Alicia Smith. And we help softball teams win more games and have more fun. Right now, you're joining thousands of passionate coaches across the nation who are dragging the field, prepping for the day, or driving to that other job while they learn and grow as a coach. So if you're ready to learn how to build a strong team culture, get your players to believe, and make a real difference in their lives, you're in the right place. This is the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back. And we've got Alicia here to wrap her season. Uh, reminder, I'm making you go back. You covered Memorial Day weekend, but we're going to cover it here because I cut you off in the episode. <laughs> uh, but first things first, I'll say it again. I just said it to you in private before we started recording, but thank you for sharing so candidly. Because uh, yeah, you were not happy no. <laughs> with how that part of season went. Um, and I've heard, read so many coaches who are like, oh, I've been there. Like, yes. Someone even wrote Facebook is listening. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently they just had that combo with their staff. So yes, we all go through this and it is not fun. (laughs) So how in the heck, Alicia, did you move through it? Where'd you go next? Well, I I think at the time, you know, and we've talked about this endlessly about just like when you're stuck in it, it just sucks and you know, as a staff, we talked about it. And I think I mentioned on the previous um, podcast that we, at times I didn't have it that day. I just wanted to throw up my hands. And then one of the assistants would be like, I got, I got this, you know, I'm going to come up with something to do and vice versa. Right. So like, at it, I think that's the power of a really good staff, right. Is to make sure that everyone picks up the other one when you have a bad day um because doesn't have to have be them. you one thousand percent of the time yeah no and I definitely have realized that I would say over the last five six seven I don't even know how many years several years I I always felt like I had to have the answers I always felt like I had to say the things I always had to whatever right and I've definitely let go of a lot of that which has been really helpful to me too because I can go to my assistants and I don't know what to do I'm out of ideas. Do you guys have any? And I let them talk, you know, and I'm like, I don't need to be the one that talks all the time because maybe they get sick of hearing me, you know? So it's kind of like pulling out that part that I need to. Yeah, exactly. That's probably what they're hearing. Like like if you're a mom or a dad, right. And you have children you're just like, Oh, they tune me out. And that's kind of how I feel sometimes, you know, but, um, it may or may not be true. It doesn't matter. It's a different voice. Right. And I think as long, and we're always on the same page, which is really really nice. And that's the luxury of being together for so long, right? We've had the staff together for a really long time. Plus they played for me. So they know the lingo, they know the language and it means something to them because they know, they know what the program did for them and how important it is for, you know, them to try to communicate that as well. So. Ooh, can I pause you there for a second? Yeah. Do you think it's more of like a, because you're talking about how like they've built that trust with you really throughout them playing for you and coaching with you. It wasn't just like they popped in. You're like, practice is yours. I fully trust this. Or is it that 
responsibility feeling of like, this is on me. Like, I feel that I get paid to coach, but none of my assistants do. Not one penny. I'm working on it. I promise. But like when that comes into my head, I'm like, I'm the one being paid. I better figure it out. Which one do you feel like it was more for you? Like them building up the trust within your mind or you just letting go of some of that and realizing that you don't have to do it all. Letting go. For me, it was more of letting mm-hmm. go for sure. Mm-hmm. Because it's like it, it, when I struggled to find the answer, I didn't have the answer. I didn't have the thing to say. I felt like there's no way it can be as effective or, you know, it's not coming for me. Therefore, and that's a load of crap. Like, so I, I had to get over myself a little bit, right? Like, it's not about you, Alicia. It's about the program. So like they can still you know, and I, I also trust what they're going to say. There is that small trust factor, I think, um, because there has been an occasion or two where I had somebody come in who played for me first year and say all the wrong things. And it's like, but maybe it's not necessarily the wrong <laughs> thing. It's just the way yes. and the timing and that comes with experience. And yes. that personally isn't how I would have done it, but it's also how I wouldn't want it to be done no matter who it is. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that part, but it's okay. That's how you learn and how you grow as a coach. Because I remember when I first started coaching, no one was there to help me or teach me how to, mm-hmm. you had to learn sometimes the hard way. And as we know, as coaches, we learn more from screwing up, right. Than anything oh, else. So yeah. that part of it for me definitely was letting go of that because it doesn't, it, it isn't about me. Right. Um, but there are times when they'll look at me and said, you need to say something. <laughs> Only <laughs> yeah. You. Hey. yeah. What they need to hear right now. And I don't know what it is, but you will say it. You'll figure it out. (laughs) It's just a common like trust as well. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, so good. Okay. So take us back on the field now. Uh, So going into Memorial Day weekend, uh, you said it was good for a minute and then (laughs) things happen. Life happens. Well, I mean, that last game we, we scheduled so we could have a good competition right before right? Districts and get ready. And it just, it just didn't feel right. It wasn't good. There was some, you know, we had, like I mentioned, I think we talked about the game, right? Just as a recap, we, we were, we were up and then we lost the lead in the seventh and then the, to tie, they tied the game and then they won in the eighth. And then the second game was just like they threw in the towel. So that frustrating part, but you know what? We just kind of said, you know, it's fine. We we gave them the Friday off before Memorial Day weekend. They had all weekend. We had a graduation party. Wait, you would never say it's fine. Please delve into it. <laughs> no, it's not fine. That's just that was my attitude at the time. <laughs> Probably still reflecting that attitude, to be honest. But it was you're right, it wasn't fine. But but you know, we had given them some time off because we felt time that was better. We had the Memorial Day practice and we had that game, and it was just like, oh my God. Like I had this feeling like this is how 2021 ended, right? Our end of the season, it was even with the same opponent on the same field. And I'm like, they're just going to throw it in. Like, it's fine. This is the way it's going to be. And I say that sarcastically, it's not fine. But at one at one point, you're like, what else could we possibly do? When we sit as a staff, we talk, what, like, you want to reflect back, what else could we have done in order to better prepare them? we literally had no answers because we felt like we had. And at some point you've got to say, it's up to you. Like, it's really up to them. You could drop the best practice plan and have the best practices and the best intentions and the best conversations. And they still choose not to. That sucks. (laughs) It totally sucks. 
Yep. But you also have to be at the end of the day, this is not my season, it's theirs. So it's like, okay, you guys, we have some. So when we came back to practice on we had three days of practice left, right? And when we came back to practice, we still designed the plan, still knew what we were gonna face in districts. Our district opponents, if we had won the first game, of course, were both conference foes, so we knew them well. So we designed our practice around what we knew we were going to face the first game. Because if you don't win the first game, the second game doesn't matter. So that's all we focused on was, you know, these are the things that you're going to face. So how do we best prepare for that? Change up, lots of change ups from this pitcher. Um, And we knew their lineup well. The coaches had, you know, done our pitching coaches had done a really good job of the scouting report from their offense. So how do we pitch them? And we also had information, obviously, on both teams. So we had they do a really good job of preparing um, a plan ahead of time for um, how to pitch their their team. And then, of course, how do we approach offensively what we're going to face? Um so we had three pretty good days of practice. They seemed pretty loose. And at that point, we focus on those little things a little bit more, but we also just kind of work on reps at that time because we try to make practice a little more loose and we're not doing the consequence thing anymore, but we're just trying to give them some reps. So Saturday came, we played the second game. There was a, you know, excuse me, the first game. Um, no, sorry, the second game, the noon game. So the 10 o'clock game was played. We knew who we were going to face in the finals if we had won. Then we played the second game. So we had to do our warm up. And my third baseman had been really sick all week long. And she just didn't have the energy to even come to practice on, I think, a day or two. And then she tried and she's like, Coach, I got to go to the locker room. <laughs> I don't feel so good. So you know, we were, we also had to come up with a game plan to prepare who was going to play third base. Um, so we, you know, practiced that obviously, and she wasn't, she tried, she wasn't ready to go. So we're like, okay, you know, back up their baseman, you're in. And, um, it was actually a kid we had pulled up from JV about a couple weeks before one of these kids who works so hard, does everything right. We just didn't have the numbers based on positions to pull her up on varsity as a sophomore, but this kid came in and stepped up, man. And it's kind of like those success stories where you see the kids working hard and something pays off. Right. So we start the game and in the second inning, he does a push bunt right past everyone. The next batter does another push bunt right past everyone. So what does he keep doing? Another push bunt right past everyone. Like bases loaded, nobody out. I was like, oh Lord. <laughs> so it's like, okay, you know, we've practiced but defense, but you know, it's just one of those things like in a in a coach's mind, it should be pretty simple, right? On how you approach a push bunt and field the ball and throw it. But they were just all moving and crashing so hard they forgot to stop. So it was very effective. So then um, my pitcher gets a a shallow pot fly to center field and it hits my center fielder's glove and just falls out. So in my haste, the girl was standing on third. I thought the ball was like close enough to her and with the runner at third that she could have thrown it home to get the out. So I'm screaming four and they threw it to four, but she was safe, but probably should have gotten the out in hindsight right in front of us at two. 
So um, they ended up scoring one more run. So it was two to zero. We're like, okay, guys, no big deal. Let's go. Let's attack. And a couple innings later, we scored three runs. And previous to that offensive outburst that we had, they had first and third and nobody out. And we had practiced our first and third defense a lot. So they executed it perfectly. The only time they had executed this play perfectly all year was on this play. They threw it down. The second, the girl wasn't moving off third. My second baseman let it go. My shortstop tagged the girl out. And you could just see the coaches not happy. Um, he told me later he wasn't expecting us to throw it down. So she stayed at third. Um, and then the next play was a ground ball to my shortstop, picks it up, fires at home, tag her out at home. Two great defensive plays that I would argue probably saved the game for us. Uh, we scored those three runs and then we win three, two. And the kids were really playing hard. Like they didn't, they didn't seem to quit. They had the energy, they were fired up. And my pitcher who has been injured for part of the year and working her way back through a complete game and was like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. And she had, her parents had told me after the second game that she woke up or came home, sorry, from team dinner that Friday and was like, I'm going to throw lights out tomorrow. And I think, you know, she's like, oh, senior, this could be my last game and I don't want it to be. And she didn't throw a lot of pitches, which we were thankful for, but she stepped into the championship game and they scored a run early. And I always say, I'm never worried about them scoring one because we got to score anyway to win. And um, we ended up having another inning later towards the sixth inning uh, bases were loaded and my lead off is up to bat and you're, that's where you want to be. Right. And she hits a bases clearing double. And you could just feel the kids and the energy and the momentum and the excitement. And then uh, we're up 3-1, top of the seventh inning, bases are loaded again. And my number four batter is up to bat and they call timeout. So I get everyone off the bases and the batter's standing there and we're all kind of joking around. And I said, I'm calling it right now, triple down the right field line. So they go back out. And I'm not kidding you, the next pitch tripled on the right field line. She stands, she slides into third, and this kid does not show any emotion at all. She's super steady, Eddie. And she goes, Yeah, like just really excited and hit hand, um, pumps her fist and gives me high five. And I was, I gave a little hug, and she was like, I can't believe you just called that. And I was like, Me neither. So it was just fun. And that kid that we had pulled up um, that played third base uh, stepped up great and had some hits, and we freaking won. We won the district championship and the kids were jumping up and down and gave me the ice bath like they did yesterday or last year. And, you know, I, they got, you know, they all got their uh, medals and the trophy celebration. And it was just, it was a big sigh of relief almost. I mean, I was very happy, but it's like, there it is. Like, where has that been all freaking year? Like we've seen flashes of it. We knew they had it. But that's why I think you just keep pushing. You just don't quit on them and you just hope that they can come out and play like that to end the season, regardless of the outcome. But boy, did they fight for that hard and they had a lot of fun doing it too. It's interesting you said just keep pushing, but from here in this story, it sounds like you you let go of the vice grip that last weekend. Mm -hmm. That's uh, very true. Instead of like, I feel, 
I can feel literal tension when I get into this phase myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, clench my teeth more. I'm like, why do I have a headache? Oh, maybe because I've been clenching my jaw for 24 hours. Mm -hmm. uh, but as you were saying it, like, hey, like you even said, it's fine. It is not actually fine. Actually but fine. like, it was the like, I can't help this right now. I can't control this right now. We talk about the controllables. It's even harder as coaches. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. there's very so, few controllables that we actually have. Right? Line up. That is all. <laughs> Good luck. You can call a couple signs. Maybe they'll work out. Um, but I'm curious, especially that game we went down 2-0. Because you said one run, no problem. But down 2-0 first inning or early in the game like that could easily and especially after bunt after bunt <laughs> we had that game too it's so irritating um but what do you think would have happened if you still had that vice grip in the 2-0 you were still in that frustrated state of mind it probably would have sensed it for sure you know in in, in postseason i try to be extremely positive and extreme extremely calm for them because inside I'm nervous and all the things. But I don't know if it's a postseason mindset shift for me. If it was, like you said, I just actually truly let go and it is what it is. Um, I at least could sleep at night knowing that we had tried everything we possibly could. And I, it wasn't like I had regretted anything or I wish I would have. I, I didn't because we all felt like we honestly put everything we had into those kids. And it was really, truly up to them. So I think at the end of the day, it was like, well, it's up to you guys, whether you want to win or not. Like I've got several district trophies. <laughs> if I have another one, great, but it's really, truly not my trophy. Right. So it's like, I've been here, done that. And this is not new for me. So I want this for you. I really do want you to experience this, especially if you're young and if you're a senior and you've worked really hard and all the things I really want it for you, but I can't want it more than you. So it, I just, I think part of that is the postseason mindset and just the fact that truly it's, it's really up to them whether they want to come back or not, but we have done everything we can to prepare them. Yeah. And the way you brought it to them wasn't like a, <laughs> like after we had talked <laughs> one of those nights, it would have been like, well, you freaking figure it out. <laughs> like right. that energy, they probably would have crawled up into their shell. Uh, yeah. But that whole sentiment of like, I can't, I can't want it more than you. It was more like an invitation, like, hey, I want it a lot. Look look how I want it, even through the frustration. Like, I know you're capable. Come with me to this side. Yeah. <laughs> and you, like, invited them to you as opposed to the, like, well, cross my arm, fine. If you don't want to care, right. I'm just going to sit here. Right. I think even through your frustration, that I think is the most impressive part about you, like, you're allowed to be an emotional coach. You're allowed to be super passionate. You're allowed to get mad as long as you don't give them the vibe that like, I've given up on you. Right. You never do. No. You never do. So I don't want anyone listening to this to think like, oh, all I got to do is tell them. <laughs> it's up to no. you. Yeah. Like, it's showing them too. So like what, what, sort of things that you notice you guys as a staff doing your leaders doing in the district championship that like gave the feeling like, no, we do have this. I think I always exude a lot more energy during and excitement, right. And passion during postseason. I don't know because it's so, like, I, 
I get so excited. Like there's this one picture like from first base across the field and I'm in the background just like like fist clenched screaming and yelling and I jump up and down and pump my fist and I do all of that and I think that that very small part of it because they see that reaction but at the end of the day those girls just had fun that you could tell they got to that point where they let go and just played and had fun but really fought for it and there's a different attitude that I think every coach has seen in a team or a player in the past or knows it's there and is trying to pull that out but they were not as afraid to make mistakes and they didn't let a mistake impact them in a way that was um, detrimental to how they played. Um, they just kept fighting. And the the thing that I noticed too, from the mound for the first time this season, my pitcher was pointing, screaming and yelling, great job. I got you. And all, and all the things that she did last year, right. In postseason, And there it was like, you know, I, the, whatever was blocking that from happening all year, it doesn't really matter. Like she just, she figured it out. And that is not something I can help with. I can, I can talk, I can guide, I can love, I can hug, I can do encourage, I can do all the things, but she had to find it. And she did. And I think that that presence on the mound was a game changer for the team because they could also relax. So, you know, that passion from her and the, you see it in the college games, right? You see the the pitchers like slam their glove like, yeah. And their point, that was her. And I was like, I love that. I love that. And I think that, you know, when, when you realize as a senior too, it could be last and you refuse to let that happen is, is really special. Um, I saw it a lot sooner, a couple weeks sooner in the previous year, but that's what you want to get to. And that's the quote unquote magic that we talk about. And God, that's a long road, but it's really pretty when it comes out. Like, it's just, man, this is beautiful to watch. And win, lose or draw, I would have been just as proud of them. Right. Because because they had found that and played with it for the first time all year. So glad that it's every, like I, from the bystander, I'm like, I, it's coming. I know it's coming. You do it every year. <laughs> Getting yourself to have that faith in the moment. So hard. It is very in the moment is, is very hard. So we won. Um, then the next week we had, we have full week of practice and on Wednesday we had a scrimmage. So, um, just to kind of fine tune some things and, um, the practices went well. We, again, knew what we're going to face another conference opponent, um, had, you know, our scouting reports on the second side, um, on both teams, depending on who won. And again, I thought we had a really good game plan. Um, my pitcher was pretty sore. <laughs> from throwing two straight games. So we, but the good news was, I think part of it was too, she knew she had a full week, right. To kind of rest and prepare. So um, I made sure she got the attention she needed from the trainer and the icing and the stretching and the loosening up and all the things. And we just had a good week of practice. I mean, it was, it was a lot lighter. They were happy. They kind of acted like they want to be there, I guess. And, um, you know, school had gotten out by that point. So that helps. But I really encourage them to try to keep some semblance of routine. I didn't want them sleeping till one or two and going to bed at three and all those things. And you can only suggest, right? So again, it's the hydration, all the things you got to do. And so we came into regional semifinals playing another conference opponent. And um, they scored first again. Um, but again, they had the same kind of attitude. Like everything I thought that how they approached that game was really good. 
same kind of attitude. They fought. We came back. Um, we went up four to two and then five to two. We had an insurance run in the bottom of top of the sixth, I think it was. Um, and then in the top of the seventh, we had bases loaded and number two batter up to bat. Actually, it was run around first, second, and third. And uh, they intentionally walked my number one batter to get to number two. And Audrey was swinging really well. So I like was really happy that she was up to bat. Three, one count. And she rips a laser right to right field. And I'm like, yes, bases. Oh, she made a diving catch. It was a really great catch. So, but I'm like, okay, we're up five to two. Let's shut this down. You know, Maddie was throwing pretty well. We were at eight, nine, one in their batting order. And I was like, this is the best place to be. Number eight uh, pops out. I think the number nine batter is a slapper. And she slaps a really, like, not a laser, but a pretty hard line drive that was pretty high. And my third baseman jumps about as high as she's not very tall, jumped as high as she could and fell straight on her rear end, but caught the ball. So it's like, we're up five, two, two outs, nobody on, number one batter. And my Maddie gets to a two, two count and ends up with a walk. And I was like, okay, no big deal. Next batter, I think she got down to two, two again, I think. And don't know what happened. Like it just another walk. And then we get to number three and she hits a laser to right field. And the difference in the game is their right fielder made the catch and ours didn't. It just went off her glove into the fence. So uh, then they get five, four, then their number three batters up to bat. And she had ripped two triples already. And both triples were two right field, one on an inside pitch, one on an outside pitch, and both literally just missed going over. She was seeing the ball really well, foul tipping just about everything. No brainer. We're going to walk her to get to the next girl who had popped up three times in the infield. Like, I think any coach facing that information would have done the same thing. We intentionally walked that girl. Uh, some would argue you don't intentionally walk the winning run, you know, um, but it, that was the decision we all made. We felt comfortable with it. The next girl first pitch hits a double game over. So last year, we were down to our last strike and hit a home run. This year we were down to our last strike and gave up four runs. But you know, the I wouldn't I wouldn't change the coaching decisions. And we were all sitting in the dugout and none none of us felt good, even with two outs. Like two outs, nobody on. I I was like, guys, I feel like I'm gonna throw up. Like something doesn't feel right. Like, and we all nothing felt right. The kids were getting ready to bust out of the dugout. I was like, go sit down. There's there's one out left to go. <clears throat> and I don't know what it was. It just, it was, I don't know when people say things like wasn't meant to be all that. I don't believe in that. Like just, it it was something that just, we just couldn't finish that game. And I always tell the kids, it's never lost on one lap of the last play. Like the right fielder felt horrible. My pitcher felt horrible. I was like, no, no, no. We had so many opportunities to score more runs in the in that game. We scored five, which was great. Like, our offense was actually a little bit better this year. Um, but you know what? I I went out to the right field to talk to them. They're just bawling and all upset. And I said, guys, you did everything we asked you to do. Played hard. You fought. You had fun. You didn't quit. You did all the, like you you were cheering each other on like crazy. The energy was amazing. And we have said so many times, sometimes you do all of that and you still lose. But I can walk off this field knowing that you gave everything you had. And that is okay. 
one pitch here, one pitch there is the dip, just a couple inches in right field. My right fielder makes that catch. A couple inches the inning before, their right fielder doesn't make that catch. Totally okay. Uh, it really is fine. I will say it's fine because it really is because of the way they played, which is everything we've asked them to do. So the next game that that team played that we lost to, uh, they made it all the way to the state championship game. They ended up losing. So, I mean, it's like, I'm not saying what would have happened next, but how we finished the season, I was very proud of them for. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been many times losing to the person who goes that far, so it feels a little better. <laughs> uh, good. Well, so now it's been what, a couple weeks since yeah. some time to decompress. I'd say it definitely followed the same trajectory as you're used to, just really late. Mm -hmm. um, my guess would be that contributed to your feeling of, uh-oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, which is, yeah, valid uh, lessons learned from this season. Start with team, and then we'll do, like, coaches and coaching staff. I think I would have spent a little more time probably communicating and talking with kids one-on-one. -on -one. I did, but sometimes that stuff comes so easy. You take it for granted, I think too. Mm -hmm. um, I probably would have checked in a little bit more with certain kids. Um, I didn't do that as much. And why certain kids were there like little yellow flags um yellow flags um differences in attitudes and playing and personalities than what i have seen in the past these would be from returning players i may have shifted my focus on some of the uh other kids that weren't quote unquote leaders to not necessarily you know, to bring them in, so to speak, but maybe say, you know what, I need a little bit more from you from a leadership standpoint, give somebody else a chance. Um, I did have some conversations towards the end with three or four returning players and like about their frustrations and they were all the same, the same as mine, the same as the other coaches. So I didn't feel so alone, but I think we were all at a loss of what to do because they also had said on the, on the sidelines or, you know, off to the side, whatever you want to say, they were trying to talk and they also were hitting their heads against a brick wall. So I think I may have tried to, to spend a little more time with those kids that were the brick wall. So they didn't waste so much time, energy and focus on the brick wall. Um, just to see if I could have maybe tried to break through or maybe understand a little bit more but I, I don't know if I could, but I could have at least tried. Um, from that standpoint, it was the only thing I would say I would do differently because it maybe talk a little bit more about the program and what, what the responsibility is to the program. Right. And I think that maybe I didn't drive that home enough for the younger kids. Again, that it's still their choice, right. Whether they're going to buy in or not I can't make them but how did those kids buy in before with a little more I guess attention to, to those details I guess that's a good point 
And then you personally, what do you think contributed to that? Or what do you want to do a little bit better next year? Um, probably, I think maybe as well, I had also taken a little bit for granted that what happened last year, there were so many kids on that team from last year, they would be able to help push that along a little bit. And it, and it just wasn't there. And the focus may have been on the wrong things. Uh, I think, remember when I talked about how we asked what their goals were and they were even scared to even say something like win a state championship. Cause they didn't feel like they were confident enough to even be able to have that conversation, let alone have it as a goal. So I think following a really good postseason run is very difficult for the kids too. And last, the last time we were in that position, you know, 16, 17, 15, or 16 and 17 and 18, especially 16 and 17, the mentality in the, in the caliber of kids was just a lot different. There's a difference between those kids and these kids because they were so determined and worked so hard and had a different attitude. These kids were a little bit more almost scared of success instead of scared of failure. And those are the conversations maybe that we could have had a lot sooner, maybe address the elephant in the room instead of ignoring the elephant in the room, because we had like, we're not going to talk about last year because last year was last year, but actually maybe that was the elephant in the room that really impeded them from getting past it. Um, And I don't know if more one-on-one conversations would have been able to address that or not. I'll never know because I didn't address it in that way. Yeah. But because you do have that relationship, I think that's how it it came back in the end, which is huge. Yeah. All right. Any last thoughts before we wrap, wrap? No, I, you know, it's just, it's another season, but it was just a very different season for me and a weird season. I can't, I still can't figure out, maybe and I don't need to. And that's maybe my struggles. I'm trying to figure out why it was so weird <laughs> uh-huh. and why it just seemed at times like it was a struggle to get them to care. Um, but maybe I'll never know. Maybe I just, I I learned some lessons. Um, I, I refuse to say, even though I do say it, it's just kids these days. I refuse to leave that as the excuse and not to try to keep working to figure it out or embrace or work with, or whatever it is you want to say the differences, but they're a lot different. They are different but I don't think that that means that they still can't be successful. Absolutely. It's just another puzzle for us to figure out. Which another puzzle for coaches us to love. figure out. Yep, <laughs> it is. But that's, that's what I like about it, right? That's, mm-hmm. I actually really enjoy practice. I enjoy the putting it all together. I enjoy the, the puzzle that comes in a box that's at the beginning of every season. I enjoy opening it up and trying to figure out where the puzzle pieces go. It's just mm-hmm. the speed of which they, I figure out the puzzle is, uh, different every year and sometimes <laughs> last minute yeah I've stayed up all night and I want to get it done but <laughs> I just uh that's the part I love about it actually it's what I love about coaching mm-hmm. I love that well thank you for sharing with us another season another season so on to season 27 next year awesome yeah exciting yay all right see you coach later And that is a wrap for today's episode. Now, if you're thinking, I don't know if I'd be able to push through a challenge like that, (laughs) you are not alone. Those moments can be tough. 
And though there are honestly times you don't come out of them like Leisha's team did. I know I've had those seasons. Yes, multiple. <laughs> where you try and try all season long and nothing clicks. It doesn't have to be that much of a struggle. What if I told you there was a proven, simple process in which to put that trust that we talk about so often? One that your players not only buy into, but one they help create. That's what we create in the Softball Coaches Culture Bootcamp. Kicking off Monday, August 7th, we'll spend three evenings creating your own unique, actionable dream team blueprint so your girls can stay motivated, focused, and accountable to the things that'll help them reach their goals. Doors open July 24th, but you can join the waitlist now at mentalsweetspot.com slash waitlist. Again, doors open the 24th, we kick off Monday, August 7th, and you can join the waitlist right now so you don't miss a thing. Just go to mentalsweetspot.com slash waitlist. All right, coach, have a good one.